Want more marriage encouragement? Hear about different ways to connect, grow together, and enjoy marriage the way God intended with the Loving Well podcast. Listen at focusonthefamily.com slash lovingwell or wherever you get your podcasts. Every year for the past several years, one of my daughters has had some fun by finding a, a really odd coffee mug at some thrift store. And she gives it to me like it's a really special mug, but it really is just something she found that made her smile. And it makes me smile, and I pretty much use that mug for the rest of the year until she gives me a new one. Now, that really probably qualifies as one of my favorite kinds of gifts or my favorite gifts. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta. He leads our parenting team here at the ministry. And Danny... As I was talking, any special memories come oh, to so you? Many. Yeah. So many, John. One of them, recent one, was a, was a ring my, my son made for me. He, he wood turns. Oh, and so, so wooden he ring. He made, a, well, it was, a, it was just a special ring yeah. he made out of, out of material. And then he, uh, he turns pens. So every time at Father's Day, Christmas time, he says, what do you want? Oh, another one of your wonderful pens. Yeah. And so I have a collection of those. And my daughter one time drew out our family cartoon form and put it on a t-shirt oh. and I just I wore that until it was just you could barely tell that there was anything drawn on there and I said hey can I have some more of those mm. so many special gifts along the way for my kids well I appreciate the creativity that our kids can have when they give us gifts and we're going to talk now about the love language of gifts uh, Dr. Gary Chapman sat with Jim and Jean Daly to share about how to speak your child's love language and today they're going to talk about how busy dads can make time for our kids and also about sharing the love language of gifts. You know, one thing, again, I'll pull it toward the dad side with quality time, you know, hey, let's watch the football game. Yeah. And they really don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I noticed that with Troy. That's Trent the dad's interest, not yeah. their interest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Troy is just coming around at 19 now where he'll sit and watch a bit of a game with me, yeah. but it's never the whole game. Yeah. And, and I, one of the points I make is to speak quality time, you have to go to where the child is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they're little, you're on the floor, rolling the ball back and forth. You know, wee, yeah. they, they have your full attention. If the phone rings and you answer the phone, now you still roll the ball, but they don't have your full attention. Mm-hmm. Gary, let me ask you this, because this is, again, something that has to be intentional. I, you know, and I'm not going to just stereotype. Yes, I am. I'm going to stereotype this. <laughs> so guy comes home, he's tired, and four and five-year-old, kiddos are wanting time and he wants to watch the news you know it's news weather and sports time click 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 you're kind of decompressing from work i think with Jean's help sometimes not gentle but (laughs) (laughs) she's like you know the boys need your time i don't think that news station needs your time right now or that football game and it, it took a little time of her persistence but i think i finally caught it and turned it off at one point we just got rid of cable yeah we just got rid of it and then there was nothing to watch but fuzz yeah (laughs) so that really pushed me towards spending that time with the boys but i would want to hear your affirmation for dads particularly when you get home take that few minutes to decompress then engage your kids because it's not going to last very long yeah i think the word you used earlier gene priority we have to choose our priorities and when you have children in the home then they should be one of your top priorities. Your spouse should be your first top priority, yeah. but then the children. It's more important than anything you're going to watch on TV, anything you're going to be doing on the computer. And if you realize that, you keep bringing yourself back to that. You know, okay, I've got to do this. I need would to do would this. you describe that as habits? I think like if you it, get into a habit yeah. and you've got to break mm-hmm. the habit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when we can break habits, 
and we have to replace them with something different. So right. what we're replacing them with is, in this case, is quality time with our children. Yeah. So keep going, moms. Keep pressing dad. <laughs> but okay, let's move to gifts. This is the one for me as I did the quiz. This is at the far end of I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed. But, <laughs> and this is, and you, again, this is the receiving of gifts. And I think, Gene, you've probably seen this for me. It's like if you get me one Christmas present or 10. Right. It doesn't really matter. Right. And uh, it's first describe that Scrooge mentality that I possess <laughs> and then help me better understand that when this is a person's love language, yeah. what that looks like. If this is the child's love language and let's say you didn't give them a, a birthday gift, that kid's going to feel like, they don't love me, you yeah. know. Now, parents will typically give birthday gifts and Christmas gifts, you know. But if gifts is their language, you have to give gifts more often than just birthdays uh. and Christmas. But the gifts don't have to be expensive. Sometimes parents say, well, you won't this teach them materialism. It's things, things, things. They don't have to be expensive. You can pick up a stone in a city parking lot and take it home and give it to an eight-year-old boy if gifts is his language. And say, man, I found this today, and I thought about you. Look at the colors in here, man. I wanted you to have this. If gifts is his love language, you'll find that stone in his dresser drawer when he's 23, uh, and he'll remember the day you gave it to him. Isn't that something, the power of that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is really something. It, I think it's tempting to give gifts to make up for not communicating love, right? Yeah. So you can lean into that materialism that you were just talking about yeah. so how, how how do we fight that temptation i don't you know i travel a lot junior so i'm sorry i'm not here but here's 14 things i just bought you yeah you know where i find that most commonly is where there's been a divorce uh, and the non-custodial parent will give them gifts when they come over yeah gifts often that the custodial parent can't afford to give them and it's sometimes an unconscious effort to make up for the hurt that they've caused that child and that child to feel loved. Mm -hmm. And the child's gonna be, they're gonna take the gifts, but it's not gonna make up for the pain that they feel. So uh, I think uh, gift giving, again, parents have to recognize that all of us can receive gifts. I mean, gifts speak that that person was thinking about me, you know, and they, so it means, but for some children, it means more than that. And one of the ways to do is just say, you know, honey, I'm going to New York on a business trip. Would you rather me give you a gift or would you rather me write a uh, poem about how wonderful you are? Oh, interesting. And they make a choice. Mm -hmm. And if you give them options like that and periodically they just keep choosing gifts, you pretty well know this really means something to them. Hmm. Gary, I think uh, in the book I read something about um, a gift-receiving love language means they're going to be pretty effusive about it, whether it's a rock or something bigger. Yeah. Describe that. Yeah. Because I thought yeah. that was interesting. They, they will make much of gifts. I remember the couple who said to me, Dr. Chairman, we have two girls and they're only a year apart. And when we go on a trip, we buy both of them the same thing. Like if we buy teddy bears, we buy two teddy bears, but different colors. And we'd come home and we'd give it to the girls and one of them would just ooh and ah and she'd give a name to the doll and when her grandmother came over she'd talk about her grand and the other one would say well thank you and she'd just toss it over on the couch and she would say mommy can i see your pictures Hmm. can i see your pictures her language is quality time Mm -hmm. Uh. and but and she said we used to think that she's not grateful 
because if the other one's grateful, mm-hmm. and then we realize, oh no, gifts is her language. That's why she's so you know, outgoing about expressing thanks. And the other one, she was grateful. She thanked them, but that wasn't her love language. Uh, I appreciate that. We have one child that is very much a, a gift receiver, and she can be effusive about getting a vacuum cleaner for a gift. I mean, it's just like, oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> what a lucky man her husband will be. <laughs> Danny, I really appreciated what uh, Gary said there about gifts don't have to be expensive, and there are meaningful gifts that uh, maybe don't cost a lot, right? There's some great ideas from Dr. Chapman. Some of the ones that I've, I've thought through with my kids, uh, as far as the simple ones, it's just time together. We created coupons when they were young of one-on-one time, and we put those in their stocking. And then some of the foods that they loved, we, we knew that throughout the year, and we would... Uh, purchase those right before Christmas, put them in their stocking, but we would wrap each one. Mm. And they just love that. They, they would go, oh, they felt known. And the key thing here is that your child feels known and feels wanted mm-hmm. through the gift that you bring to them. I, uh, One of uh, the ones that my daughter loves is kombucha. So we've loved that at our house, as you know, John. Yes, yes. And I'll, I'll think about what flavor she's been liking at that time. And then I'll just bring her one hmm. at random times throughout the year. And she just loves that. And sometimes when we're out driving, I'll say, hey, how about we stop and I get you a kombucha? Yeah. Again, it's it's important to just know our kids it's well. It's that we're thinking of them, uh, that other person, our children or our spouse. That's what the love language of gifts is all about, is I thought of you and I got this because it reminded me of you or it, it, it made me have warm thoughts about you. Well, the conversation we've had today is based on the book by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages of Children. It's on my bookshelf. Let me suggest you get a copy from the ministry here. Make a donation of any amount to Focus on the Family, and we'll send that book to you. I'd encourage you to consider a monthly pledge if you're able to, because that really helps us kind of even out uh, the fiscal year. Uh, All the details to donate and get that book are in the show notes. We'd also love for you to stop by our parenting page where Danny's team has articles, videos, and just a a wealth of other resources to help you uh, in whatever phase of parenting you're in. Uh, They cover every age and stage. There's so much there. Uh, The link is in the show notes. Next time, more from Gary Chapman as he discusses with Jim and Jean uh, the gift of acts of service. For now, I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team here, thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Thank you.